So, why did Jesus say this? In John chapter 21, why did Jesus say, come and have breakfast? That's what we're going to look into today. So, I've got a question for you this morning. If you could have a meal with anyone, dead or alive, who would you choose? Why is it loaded? There's a lot of answers. People are alive, yeah? That's a good option. Anyone in particular, Faith? <laughs> so if you get a meal with anybody, who would it be? Anybody, everybody's too shy to give answers? You don't want to be committal? C.S. Lewis. Lewis, yeah. Larry Norman. Larry Norman, yeah. Some incredible songs by Larry Norman. Billy Graham. Billy Graham. Esther from the Bible. Esther from the Bible, gee. Anyone else? Uh, I knew that was coming, hey? You waited, yeah, well, you know, that's what my whole message is about, so you know, maybe I should just call the worship team up, I can just be done, right? We got the perfect answer, Jesus, yes. Yeah. There's lots of answers, you're right, Daniel, there's lots of answers. So, because of my technical difficulties here, I'm going to switch out of my PowerPoint for a second. I'm going to play a video for you. So this video, I'm not sure if you know of Master Foods or not. It's a food company out there. They've produced this. It's about a minute and a half, minute 40 long commercial. And they ask people this question. If you could have a meal with anybody, who would you have a meal with? If you could have dinner with anyone living or dead. We're not getting sound? I'd like to have dinner with Justin Bieber. <laughs> what? He's not coming to my house. So, um... <laughs> I'd have Bob Hawke. Dave Hughes. Barry Humphreys. Jimi Hendrix. People who have made a difference in the world, maybe Nelson Mandela at the dinner table. I don't know what he's going to say, I'm scared. If you could have dinner with anyone in the world, oh. who would you choose? Probably our whole family. Like, a whole extended family. Mum and Dad. Mum and Dad. Does it have to be a celebrity? Could it be family? We love it. We talk about how school is. We ask Mum and Dad how their day was. Family. Yeah, Mum and Dad. Family! Who would you like to, like to have a dinner with? They just want to be with us mm. while they're eating food, which is pretty cool. They see us above everything. I'm going to get... Yeah. Yeah. Bit, a bit of a message in it for me. Yeah. <laughs> what are we having for dinner? Hopefully you heard that okay. 
If you want to turn to John chapter 21, start right away in, in verse 1. And I'm going to pull it up on the screen here if you prefer to. Uh... All right. So let's read what we're diving into here. John chapter 21. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter... Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Canaan and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the two other disciples were together. I'm going out fishing, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find fish. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple, whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat, dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So the backstory on this, okay? One of Jesus' disciples, John, decided that he needed to write an account of Jesus' life. And he wrote what we call the book of John. And he focused on Jesus' years of ministry, approximately three years. And this is right at the very end of Jesus' time on earth. And this is, this is our account of the last few hours before Jesus left this, left this earth to return back to heaven. So, did you catch the deja vu that, that was there? Luke 5, that was read earlier, right? Jesus told him, throw the net in, but we've been fishing all night and caught nothing. No, just throw the net in. Same thing here. So it's kind of interesting how Jesus first called the disciples three years be- before that with doing the same miraculous thing with the boat, with the catching of the fish. And I think that's how John clued in first. I think John had that deja vu. This has happened before. Oh, it was Jesus who did it three years ago. And then it's like, Peter, that's the Lord. Right? 
if you're familiar with the Bible, I don't know if you've ever kind of thought about it, but think about it for a second. How many stories in the Bible related directly to Jesus involve a meal or food? Quite a few, right? Why do you think that is? Well, Jesus was not only good at providing food in miraculous ways, we get the stories, but while they were eating, Jesus also provided food for thought in the conversations that happened during those meals. And some of those conversations were recorded, but not all of them. There's something very, very unique about sitting down and having a meal with somebody or sitting down and sharing, sharing a coffee or a tea. When you sit down and have a meal or have a coffee with somebody, it causes you to physically stop, stop moving around. You can sit down in a chair, you sit down at a table. It encourages you to hit the pause button of life, to pause everything that's going on and focus with the person or people that you're sharing a meal with at that time. And it creates an opportunity for you to connect with one person or several people that you're sharing this meal with. It creates a moment to be intimate, a moment of intimacy with those other people. And I don't know if you've ever thought about meals that way, but I know Jesus did. Think about it. Dating. A lot of dates involve a meal. Now, Esther and I, our first date way back many years, you know, saw a beautiful young girl at our church, fairly new to our church, decided I wanted to get to know her a little bit more, and so I invited her out for a movie and something to eat afterwards. Now, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but we went to see uh, No no Batteries Included. Is that it? Yeah. Now, don't be impressed that I remembered that, because I actually thought we went and saw Rocky IV. But, but Esther had to correct me and tell me that uh, um, it was Batteries Not Included that we saw. And not a big blockbuster movie, but anyhow, it was popular in its time. And then after the movie, we went out to, I'm not sure if anybody remembers Mother's Pizzeria Restaurant. Maybe the greatest pizza parlor ever. Um, but, you know, we sat down on the table ordered a couple root beers, I ordered a pizza, the pizza came, you know, it came on one of those pedestal platform things, you know, nice mood lighting, everything, and grab the server, get a slice of pizza, go to, show it, go to give Esther a slice. No, that's okay, I'm not hungry. <laughs> so kind of caught in mid, you know, forward across the table to her plate, go to pull it back while, you know, cheese string catches, and, you know... Uh, Pepperoni cheese all over the table. Anyhow, uh, I guess it wasn't that bad because here we are married 26 years now, so I, I guess it was my awkwardness was still fine. But also, when you're dating, right, when you all of a sudden get that invitation to meet the other one's parents, right? But when it goes from meeting the parents to, my parents want you to come over for supper, right? Right? What does that mean 
right? Does that mean the dating level is hitting a whole new level? Is that my, you know, is that, oh, <laughs> I don't want to be meeting the parents, time to exit, right? Like the things are getting too serious. There's all kinds of things that can happen when you get dating at that level. Because there's a difference to say that you've met somebody to saying that you've sat down and had a meal with somebody. There's a whole difference, right? A meeting somebody can be very quick, brief, very superficial, right? Like for me, in the hockey world, you know, a lot of people can say that they've met Wayne Gretzky. But I can actually go a step further. I've sat down and had lunch at the top of a, an arena, folding table, folding chairs, sat across and had lunch and had conversation with Wayne Gretzky. There's a whole different level there of, uh, of, of meeting somebody when you've sat down and had a meal versus just a brief encounter. We read that Jesus said, come have breakfast. But why did he say that? Why did Jesus say to the disciples, right before he's ready to return to heaven, why did he say? Because he was friends with his disciples. Now, all 11 weren't there, but the ones that were gathered there, he desired one more intimate moment with them before he would return back to the right hand of the Father. So how do we grow into intimacy? So if having a meal with somebody can create a very intimate moment and grow into intimacy between you and them, how does that happen? Well, one, there needs to be time spent together. Two, there needs to be transparency between the people involved. And three, submission. Some of the best time to get to know somebody, to grow a relationship with somebody, is those unstructured times. You pop over and invite someone. Hey, come on out with me. Let's, let's go grab a bite to eat. Let's go grab a coffee. It's not planned. It's not structured. There's not an agenda. Okay, we need to talk about this. We need to spend 72 minutes together, right? It's spontaneous. There's no agenda planned to your time. Transparency. When the conversation just flows from what's going on in your life, when you share with somebody the good things that are happening in your life, the bad things, and sometimes those ugly things. It'd be a good title for a movie, Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Um, but when you're open and transparent with somebody, then they're typically more willing to be open and transparent with you. And that relationship grows deeper and more intimate. Submission. Seems like a bit of a big, tough word, right? Submission. But all it is is, is opening yourself up to allow the other person to input into your life. You ask them questions. They give you some of their wisdom. They give you some of their advice. And in turn, they ask you questions, and you're, and you're giving it back. And it doesn't have to be equal, but there is mutual submission back and forth. These three things just grow a relationship, grow that intimacy between people. And this is 
what Jesus longed for one more time with his disciples. Throughout the Bible, you take the Bible as a whole, we read how God makes the first move to invite us. He continually invites us as you read through the Bible to be intimate with him, to grow a relationship with him. And probably the greatest, as we've already talked about today, is that God sent his one and only son to the earth to die for us. He sent Jesus. And Jesus spent time with the people of that day here on earth. He was transparent. He was open with them. And he was submissive. Jesus established intimacy with the people that his Father God had created. Sorry. So back to John 21, the verses that we read, 1 through 14. Just as an individual story, it's, it's a tremendous example of Jesus' desire for intimacy with us. Verses 1 through 5 we read that Jesus came to the disciples. He sought them out. I mean, you've got, you got to think about where the disciples were at the time. Okay? They had spent about three years with Jesus in all parts of his life. They had watched the miracles he had done. They had listened to him. They had learned from him. They had heard him talk about how he was going to be, die and rise again. And they were confused. They didn't understand it all. And then to watch the religious leaders turn on Jesus and to the point of getting the Romans to crucify, beat him and crucify him and then die. And then the third day rise back to life again. And he had appeared to them a couple times already. But they're still confused. They don't understand And so they go back to their old ways, right? When Jesus first met them three years earlier, they were fishing. And so still confused of all the events that had gone on, Peter's like, I don't know what else to do. I'm going fishing again, guys. And so the guys are like, well, we'll go fishing with you too because we don't know what else to do. We're confused. And so Jesus comes to them. He comes to the shore and he calls out to them. He didn't wait for them to recognize him. He called out to them. And they could have chosen just to go, I don't know who that is calling for the shore from the shore and just ignore them. But they were willing to listen to that voice and respond back to that voice. There was something about that voice that caught their attention and they responded back to him. And then through that miracle catching a fish again, Jesus reveals who he is to them. Fortunately, John was, you know, the first one to clue in to realize, hey, this miraculous catching a fish, this happened before. Jesus did this right at the start. Hey, Peter, that's Jesus, right? And so when they come charging into him from the, from the sea, Jesus says, come eat with me. Just come sit down. I've already got some ready. Bring some more fish. 
Let's just sit down together and let's share a meal. So what is the, what is the motivation? What motivates us to grow intimacy with somebody? Love. Ultimately, it's love. And there's different kinds of love and, and intimacy, and I'm, I, I, that's not my purpose here today. I'm not going to explain, you know, what different types of love are and, and, and what they mean and all that. But it, as one grows, so does the other. As your intimacy times grow with somebody, your love for them grows. And as your love grows for somebody, you desire those intimate times of growing closer and getting to know them better. Luke 5, we read it earlier, verse 10. They've caught the fish. Peter's, you know, down on his knees saying, get away from me, Lord, like, I can't handle what you've just done. Like, that, that's, that's incredible. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. He goes, come and follow me. Come spend time with me, right? He didn't use the words, but basically, come be my disciples. Follow me. And I am going to teach you not how to fish for fish, but I'm going to teach you how to love people. The people that my Father God has created, I'm going to teach you how to love them because that's more important than fishing. And I won't, I won't take time to read it, but if you continue on in John chapter 21, the next couple verses... They've had their breakfast together. And then Jesus and Peter have this nice little intimate moment where they break away from the group and go for a little walk on the beach. And Jesus asks Peter on three different occasions that it's recorded during that walk. He says, do you love me? And Peter's almost kind of hurt from it. And he's like, yes. Like, you know I love you, Lord. Like, why do you... You know, it's bad enough you asked me once, but you asked me twice, you asked me three times, do I love you? You know I love you, Lord. And Jesus says, I want you to feed and take care of my sheep. I want you to take care of the people I've put in your life. I want you to spend time with them. I want you to feed them. I want you to love them. Jesus said, you love me, and I am love, so go. Go love people the way I have loved you. That's why he called those disciples to spend three years with them, to learn how it is to love somebody. He gave them that great example of how to love somebody. So my challenge to you, my brothers and sisters here, is Go spend some quality time with the people Jesus put in your life. Life is busy. You are on the go. But we, we can stop and hit that pause button and connect with people. Go be transparent with them. Open up to people and allow them to open up to you. Because as we talked about earlier, there's lots of things going on in people's lives. They've got joys and they've got hurts. And they want to share both. If someone's willing 
to listen and in turn share back with them. Go develop relationships that are mutually submissive. Be willing to listen to people and their advice to you when you share your problems. And be willing to speak into their lives also. Share some of the wisdom that you've gained in your life when they open up and share their issues. The video by Master Foods. Let's make dinner time matter. Kind of a neat video. It had a great message to it. And it was a, when I, I stumbled upon that is when I was you know, preparing for this message. It was a challenge to me because I know, I mean, us as a family, we have easily over the years gravitated because of busyness that we don't often take time to sit down at the family table. Too often, it's a, it's a merge into the, the TV room and watching TV. And then you can have some conversation and talk around that. But it's not the same as when the TV's off and phones are put away and you're just sitting around a table and you're just spending time with the people that God has put in your life. Family, friends, whoever's at that dinner table. So if you love God, go love the people he has put in your life. Some of us have lots of people in our lives. Some of us have few. Some of us have people in our lives that's like, God, I have no idea why you've introduced me to this person. Like, oh my word. Right? Or the other side of the coin the people that you just love being around all the time. It doesn't matter. God has put people, all kinds of different individuals, characters in your life. Stop and ask yourself, God, why have you put them in my life? And spend some time with some people that maybe you haven't spent time with in a while. And look for those new people because we're always getting new people come into our lives and ask yourself, God, why is that person in my life? Or why am I in their life, right? Two sides to the coin. I'm not sure who's familiar with the Newsboys, uh, but the Newsboys have been known for singing some pretty bold lyrics over the years. Um, God's not dead. Jesus freak. But back in 1996 they released a song called Breakfast. And it's an interesting title, and by the title, you don't get any clue what the song's about. And the song's about, basically, when your life is ending. And it's, a, you know, there's some funny lyrics in it, and, but there's a strong message to it, too, because they're often a, a, a group that sings some pretty bold, straightforward songs. Uh, tucked away in their messages, uh, tucked away in their lyrics. So what's up there in blue is the second half of the chorus in the song. And it reads, when the big one finds you, may this song remind you that they don't serve breakfast in hell. Now, I don't know if the writer of this song was thinking about John twenty-one twelve when Jesus said, come had breakfast, and they intended specifically to show the flip side 
of heaven and hell. But to me, when I was studying this, my mind went back to 1996 and, this, and the lyrics of this song because that's the difference. We have a loving, caring God that invites us to have intimate time with him, to get to know him, to share in his love. And then there's the evil one who has no time for us as individuals and will not sit down and care about us over a meal. Jesus invited the disciples then to come. Come sit down and just have breakfast. Let's, let's talk. Let's chat. And Jesus invites you today. I don't know where you're at. Maybe you've never, ever sat down and been intimate and had a meal with Jesus. But the invitation is for you today to do that. Maybe you've had some incredible intimate meals with Jesus in the past, but nothing recently. He just seems distant. The invitation is for you also. And so, if you're feeling that way this morning, that you'd like to spend a meal with Jesus, let me challenge you to talk to somebody who that you know that has a relationship with God. I'll be up, I'll be up here after the this, this service. If there's somebody here you'd like to, you'd like to sit down sometime and have breakfast with me. I like breakfast. Josh saw how much I like breakfast this week. <laughs> I'd love to have breakfast with somebody to chat. And there's others here too, all the elders. If we can help you sit down and grow your intimacy with God, we're here for you guys. Come. Come and have breakfast. Jesus' words to the disciples then, his invitation still stands over 2,000 years later to each one of us. Praise team.